0: Amen. Please well, we're in Joshua, so I'll let you go ahead and turn there, chapter eight, beginning about verse thirty. Hey, l- let me just ask. I, I, surely I'm not the only one that this happens to, but but have you ever been just driving along, and you start looking around, and you say, "I'm not quite sure where I am." Does that, that ever happen? And I'm not really sure how I got here. Uh, I, well, I, I drive to to Albuquerque uh, have um, several times over, over the years, and and I use my GPS, and people laugh at me all the time, and they say, do you, do you not know the way? I mean, you've, you've made this, yeah, I, I don't know, over 16 years, if you figure four or five times a year, that, that's a lot. You, you don't know your way by now? And I say, no, I do, but here's what will happen. Uh, I'll be driving along I-25, and I'm going south, and this has happened way more times than that I really want to have to admit to you. But all of a sudden, it, it's like I just kind of come to, and I don't recognize any of the scenery. Has that ever happened to you before while you're driving? No one's going to drive with me ever again, are you? <laughs> and 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 yeah. And, and so I'm I'm going along, and, and there have been a couple of times that that I'm like I'm just going to have to keep driving and and wait. And see what the next sign is, and the next sign is T or C, thirty miles. And by that time, you may as well just go through Las Cruces. You know, <laughs> why not stop at Starbucks and take your time? But but I, I, I've had that happen, and, and it really I, I'm I'm just here's my theory. My mind is so sharp. That that it it just has all these other things down wrote and and I am sure that I have used my blinker when I've changed lanes, I mean, I, th- there's a period that I just don't remember until I, I get there. But I bet you that I was driving really really well and 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 uh, I was probably preparing the next message in my head, you know, while I'm I'm going along. that just happens sometimes and and not only might that happen that, that happened once to me in fort worth and i grew up there i mean that's where i learned how to drive and and all of a sudden i i was panicked i didn't know where i was and i didn't know how long i had been driving on that road i wasn't even sure what road i was on and uh ended up i was in the everman area you guys you guys know that area the everman area south fort worth and and i never went that way i missed my turn but but that happens to us sometimes while we're driving, sometimes on the road. Cynthia loves to do this while we're driving down to Alamogordo. She'll get me in a deep conversation. And if you ever do that, we're going to end up at Walmart. That's just the way it's going to work. And no matter where we were going, she'll say, where are you going? I, I don't know. <laughs> we're in Walmart. Do you need anything? And that happens sometimes while we're driving. But you know what? Sometimes I think that happens to us in life. Hey, hey, have you ever been talking with someone and they would say something like, I, I, I just don't know how I got here. I, you know, I, I don't know how I ended up at this place that, that I am. And, and, and of course, it's a lot easier for us. We look and we say, well, if, if you've got a couple of hours, I can tell you about some decisions you've made along the way. Well, Joshua, if you remember, they, they've crossed over the Jordan. Uh, they have gone and God has in an amazing way given them Jericho. Do You remember all that? And then they go to, to defeat the city of Ai, which is really nothing compared to Jericho. And, and they said, you know, the, the men that went in to, to scout it out, they said, you know, we don't even need everybody, so let, let's don't get the whole army, just two or 3,000. And, and 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 so that's what they did, and, and they went and they were defeated. And, and we, we know, that it, you know, we have this bird's eye view, Joshua didn't know this at the time, but we know that, that Achan had taken some Achan had taken didn't mean to go there, but it was fun. Um Achan um had, had taken some of the things that were devoted to the Lord. He had sinned. He had disobeyed. And and then they didn't even ask God uh whenever they they went to to take on the the city of Ai and and it was a miserable failure. They, they, they lost you know about 1.5% of their men, and I know any loss of life is terrible. In war, I think a 1.5% casualty rate is probably not that bad, but they turned tail and run, and God revealed that to Joshua, and they, they took care of the sin, and, and then that's where we, we come upon. If you'll look at verse 30, Joshua chapter 8 with me. I'm going to read five verses for you. It's, it's only five verses. Don't get too excited. It's like a really big chunk in the Bible. I, uh, someone texted me this morning. They're traveling, and, and they said, looks like we're going we're gonna to get out and beat the other people to, to church, and, and it was only because there were two points on that, the, the sheet you know, that they had at that church, and I said, I can preach an hour on one point, so maybe this guy, you might be the last ones there. But five verses, let me just read them to you. It's a little bit long, but it's important that that you get this. You can follow along with me. Chapter 8, verse 30 says, At that time Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal. Just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones upon which no man has wielded an iron tool, and they offered it, offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the people of Israel, he that would be Joshua wrote on the stones, a copy of the law of Moses, which had been written and all Israel sojourner, as well as native born with their elders and officers and their judges stood on opposite sides of the ark before the Levitical priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, half of them in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded at the first to bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel. And the women and the little ones, I love the way that reads, the women and the little ones, and the sojourners who lived among them. Now, do you get the picture of this? They, they had just, now they, they actually listened to the Lord the second time. They inquired of him, and he told him what to do as they went to battle against the city of Ai, and he defeated them as God had told them. But, but Joshua does something that I think is important for us to stop and take note of in, in the story as we read through the book of Joshua. Joshua. You see, sometimes we get to the place that that, that we say, how, how did I get here? You know, I how did I get away from the Lord? How did that happen? And and here's something that, that I've just discovered over the years in my experience and, and other people's experience, and, and it's this that the journey away from God is often a subtle. Slow, unnoticed process. Do you realize that? It's not like most Christians. Most Christians don't say, "You know what?" This could happen, but they don't say, "You know what?" I'm just going to quit following God. I'm just going to kind of go my own way. That might happen because of something that happens in their life. But, but usually, what happens? The journey away from God is is really subtle and it's really unnoticed. It's it's just one little step over here and then another little step. And and before you know it, you say, how, how did I get here? I I think that's what Joshua realized. Whenever, whenever this happened with the city of Ai, they, they lost 36 people, they were defeated, they ran away. Then they inquired of God. God told them what to do. They went and it was this amazing victory for Israel. I, I think Joshua must have... Said God, how did we get there? Because as far as we can tell, even Joshua didn't inquire of the Lord. God, how did we get there? After all you've done, you, you, you not only delivered us from Israel, you sustained us forty years in the wilderness, and and now you, you've done a similar thing with the Jordan that you you've stopped the water. We crossed on dry ground. We came across. We defeated the most fortified city in the land how did we get to that place that that we disobeyed and and we suffered defeat at Ai I, I think i think that Joshua realized a couple of things one is that you're never done when you're walking with the lord that, you ever kind of thought about that i, I know uh, you know we have some folks who are retired and and, and um, some some recently who just visiting last week and 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 they just retired. Just man, I'm I'm done. I'm done. And and any of you retired, you're done with your job. Now I'm not talking about you retired then you went back as a contractor. That doesn't count. <laughs> I'm I'm done. And 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 I think Joshua realized you know that this this thing walking with the Lord, this thing of courageous faith, this thing where we have to trust God, we're never done with that. I think they kind of thought they were. And, and and they had moved away and they had begun to trust in themselves. But but I think Joshua's response to this gives us an idea of the conclusion that he came to on how they got there. Did, did you catch what Joshua did? Um, I don't know how long this took. I don't know what kind of it wouldn't be handwriting, it would be carving. he, he put it on stone. Joshua, Joshua's response, I think, makes me think that he came to this conclusion. How how did we get to this place where we weren't trusting in God? How did we get to this place where we had moved away from God? And the the conclusion I think he came to was, first of all, we abandoned the word of God. Because look at his response. And and maybe not Joshua personally, but, but at least he had to be thinking, that the people have forgotten to to see what God says. That the people have gotten away from who God is and and how he reveals himself in his word. It says that that Joshua basically went and took all the law of Moses and he put it on stone. Now, I don't know about you. I don't write much. I mean, I do, but then I have trouble reading it. But I, I would rather type. I don't know how long that took to, to put all of the law of Moses. It says everything that he commanded, that was obviously written down for Joshua, but he transferred that to stone so that the people could see. But he didn't stop there. Did, did, he, did you catch what he did? Now, now some of you are going, uh-oh. If Pastor Larry does, this, it's going to be a long message. It said... He read all of the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. Now, if you only had the first five books, that's enough, but we haven't even gotten there. He read them all. Here's here's what I get from Joshua. If you want to stay close to God, then you've got to stay in his word. If you want to stay close to God, then you've got to stay in his word. Uh, Listen, I'll put it a little bit different way for you. When you see as God sees, you'll do as God says. It's a whole lot easier to stay close to God. It's a whole lot easier to walk with him when you are, are in his word, when you're reading, when you're letting that change the way that you see things, uh, Paul tells us that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the way that happens is we are we are exchanging, we are replacing the world's thoughts and ideas and attitudes with God's thoughts and ideas and attitudes. And the only way we can do that is by t- to be in His Word. Something that we we talked about with our kids are too since they were a little bitty is look at everything through the lens of Scripture. Because listen. The world is informing you all the time about their thoughts and ideas and attitudes. Do you understand that? Man, I, I run up on this all the time. I'll be talking with someone, and, and and they'll they'll say this, and I say, well, you know, that's not really a biblical principle. Let me just give you one. You've heard me say this. I'll try not to get on my soapbox because we'll beat the Methodists to, to lunch. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Never. <laughs> I should work out a deal with the pastor over there. All right, this week, no. L- let me just throw this out there for you. And, and I, my grandmother said ornery. That was the word that she used for me a lot. I'm a little bit ornery. She said it with an accent. But um, a little ornery. And, and, and I, I really do kind of like to shake you up a little bit occasionally. Uh, whenever I realize that, that there is a prevailing worldview that comes from the world that's contrary to Scripture, and then I throw the scriptural view out there and, and watch your reaction, it's, it's a little bit fun for me. Um, I, I repent often from stuff like that. but so So here's one. Are you ready? When they turn 18, they're adults. They're on their own. I know we got the boomerang kids these days. But the world says I, I run across so many parents. And 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 I'm pressing in for them to press into relationship for with, with their kids. And they're like, well, they're 18. I can't tell them what to do. Now, now the way you parent changes. I, I know that. I have a 26 year old and an 18 year old. I, I know that the way you parent changes. Um, obviously, when they're little, you have size and position. You say, you know what, you're gonna sit in this car seat. Because I'm your dad, and I'm bigger than you, I'm going to put you in there until they learn how to unbuckle it, and then you've got to do some different things. You Swat that little hand. When they're little, you have size and position. That doesn't last long. They get to the teenage years, size and position, by the time they hit, nowadays it's like 11 and 12, you need to be transitioning from size and position to relationship. And the teen years is a transition from childhood to adulthood. That's why it's so weird and messy um, but, but you influence through relationship because when they're 18, 19, when they're married and 26, like my oldest, relationship is what you've got to influence. Think of, think, think of your older child, maybe they're in their 20s or 30s, and you tell them what to do. What, what is their response? Well, can't make me do that. The truth is when they're 13 most of the time, we can't make them do that. Right? So, size and position is gone. I mean, you know yours is four it's gone fast <laughs> relationship so 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 I get that. I know the way we parent changes, but listen, do you know biblically there is never a time you take your hands off your child. There is never a time, nowhere in scripture, if you find any hint of it. Please show me. Nowhere in scripture do I see that the parent doesn't influence the child. In fact, you see in scripture all the time and tell your children and your children's children. That tells me that they're still involved in their children's lives, even when they have kids. You're always the parent. You don't tell them what to do. You can't make them do something, but you're always the parent. And 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 it blows my mind when I say, well, they're 18. And, and and, and I watched this almost physically happen. They're 18, and they take their hands off. They're on their own. Thank God he never does that with us. What if God said, all right, you, you've been a Christian. Gosh, I've been a Christian for a long time now, but you've been a Christian for 20 years. You're on your own now. Is that the way God works with us? No. He's our loving heavenly father. He's the perfect heavenly father. Is there ever going to be a time where he's not going to influence you as your heavenly father? No. In fact, the way God spanks us changes, but he still spanks us. <laughs> the Lord chastens those whom he loves. So, so, so I do that all the time. We, we run across the world is constantly informing us on things and we don't even realize it most of the time. Listen, if we are not in God's word, before we know it, the world is going to have us walking down their path. It's going to happen. It's easy to get away. It's really slow. It's really subtle. It doesn't go noticed most of the time. We don't even realize, just just like me, whenever I come to, I, I'd love to put a camera in my car and just, just video me so I know what I look like whenever I'm zoning like that. I don't know what it is. If we want to, if we want to stay close to God, we've got to stay in his word. The, the more we see as he sees, the more we let his word change us, to replace the world's thoughts, attitudes, and ideas with his thoughts, attitudes, and ideas, then the easier it's going to be to do what he wants us to do. We don't have to ask. I, I love um I've heard the example several times that your spouse. Um, the longer you're married to them, the more you spend time with them. Now, I, I hear that when you're 30, you can start to read each other's minds. 30 years married, not 30 years old. Uh, when you've been married 30 years, you can start to read each other's minds. So I'll tell you December 31st whether that happened or not. Yeah. But, but it's easy. I, I don't know everything, you know, t- today. Is she going to want a chocolate milkshake or a vanilla? I don't know. I'm betting chocolate, but I could be wrong. But the, but the more I get to know her, the easier it is to know the things that she would want. You know, now some of us, some of us know that it's going to make our spouse mad, but we do it anyways. That's just foolish, I'm just saying. But, but you get that idea with God. The more we get into his word, we let his word get into us, the easier. We, we don't have to say, should I do this or not? Or should I go this way or that way? It, it, it really is, is pretty apparent. Let me me give you some examples. Should I hang around these people who aren't following God? Well, Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Okay, well, I see what they're doing. (laughs) That's not wise. Don't need to hang out with them. The, The more you get into his word, the more apparent, the more obvious those things just become, the easier it is to stay close to him. Let me, I want to read this verse to you, and then I just want to give you just just four simple things. These aren't new. You're not going to go, if I hear a gasp, I'll be surprised um, on things. But I just want to remind you of some ways that that we can do that, some ways that we can stay close to God by staying in his word. But before we get there, you remember Jesus is with the disciples. Jesus in John, the, the gospel of John, starts saying some really hard things, and it really starts to freak some people out. Jesus says stuff like, if you don't eat my flesh, you can't have a part of me. Now, now make no mistake, they weren't thinking symbolically. If you don't drink my blood, you can't be my disciple. And he starts saying this, and, and he knows the, the reaction that he's going to get from the crowd. The, the reason he's doing that is this is after the feeding of the 5,000. There are people that are just following him for food. So he's like, well, they're not going to be hungry after this. <laughs> And he does this, and people start leaving by the droves. They start leaving this, this big crowd that, that is around him. And, and, and at one point, he finally turns to the disciples. This is John chapter 6, verse 67. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Because people are leaving in the droves. And, and Peter, one of these rare moments of clarity for him before the Holy Spirit, Peter had a rare moment of clarity, and here's what he said. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Listen, we we have the words of life. God has given us his word. He's revealed himself uh, to to us in his word. You want to know how God thinks? Read his word. You want to know how it's supposed to be in life? I know there's no manual for parenting, but you know what? God gives us a whole lot in His Word. And in, in fact, I, I just a while back, I, I just really start started thinking. You know, I want to parent my kids like God fathers me, like He parents me. And and when you start thinking that way, you start look. Okay, well, how does God deal with me? All right, well, that's how I need to deal with my kid. God gives us. He, he, Gives us the words of life. So let me let me give you four things. Are you guys ready? Some of you, I, I know, let's move around. We, we went to a workshop for kids yesterday, and, and uh, you need to have, what, in a 30-minute uh, uh, teaching time, you need to change three or four times. Uh, so everyone get up, move over. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. So the first one is like the most obvious, read it. Read it. You can't get into God's word if you don't read it. Now let me tell you, I'm talking about something specific here. We don't do this, I think, enough. M- maybe you do. Maybe it's just my struggle, but I-, I don't think we do this enough. So put your paper aside, put your pen aside, put your, your commentary aside, put everything else aside, and just open it up and just read it. Now, I know you're going to have questions. you're going to, what does that mean? I love languages. And so this is, this is a real struggle for me because I'm like, ooh, I want, what is that? Joshua summoned them. What does that word summon mean? I want to go back and look. What are the, yeah, I'm weird, I know. But, but set everything else aside so you just read it because, listen, we know time and time and time again that the word was read to them. No one had copies of the Scripture in Joshua's day. Nobody it was read to them and and they read it through they they didn't i know this is going to blow some of your mind. i, I, I hope this doesn't shake your faith but they didn't have chapter and verse Joshua didn't say okay this is exodus chapter 2 <laughs> they read it and 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 i wouldn't try to read the whole thing at one time but but read big chunks Joshua it says he read all of the law of Moses to them why Because this is God's word to you. I like to read it, I don't mean as a novel as in it's not true, but I like to read it the same way that I would read a novel. Just sit down and just start reading. And you're like, wow, now I know, you know, with me, I'm like, oh, what is that? No, 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 I'm not going to, I'll do that later. But I'm just going to read it. Just get it and read it. The second thing is this, study it. Now, this is where you get your pencils, and this is where you get your notebooks, and you get your Bible study helps. I wouldn't start with the Bible study helps. I would just start with the Bible. But study it. Uh, Joshua, you remember chapter 1, verses 7 and 8? Here's what it says. Only be strong and courageous. Be careful to do everything according to all the law uh, Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left so that you may have good success wherever you go. And then verse 8 says this. One of my early memory verses as a brand new Christian. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. You, I'm sorry. Yeah, you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Study it. So, so first of all, read it. Just, just read through. Just see what it says, particularly the letters, like the letter Paul wrote, the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the Gospels. Have you ever just sat and read a Gospel? It, just like it was a novel you just couldn't put down, just sit and read it. But then go back and study it. Find out, God, what is it What is it saying? What is it saying to me? What does it say for me to do? What does it say for me not to do? God dig into it, read it. Now, when you study, I know studying by yourself is good. I think studying with other people is better. That, that, that might just be me because I can be reading and, and and there's something that really sticks out to me. Maybe God just really speaks to me through this this verse or, or, or this way uh, because of where I am in life. But you know what? When I'm with four other people, God may have done the same with them and it's different than what he did with me. And so they bring that up and say, you know, I didn't even think about that. I was looking at this. They can also say, Larry, you're getting really weird. I don't think that means that at all. You know what I mean? Uh, Theology's done best in community is the way that I've always heard it said. But study it. Dig into it. Listen, I met the Lord in 1982. I know there's some of you going, I wasn't alive then or I was in diapers. Um, I say it to students at school and they're like, my parents weren't even alive then. I met the Lord in 1982, and I'm still amazed at the things that God shows me in his word. It blows my mind. You you would think at some point you're going to be like, all right, got that. But his word is alive. It's active. He uses it. He uses it to convict me. He uses it to prompt me. He uses it to admonish me. He uses it to encourage me. Sometimes he uses it to illumine me, and I say, ooh, never read it quite that way before, study it, and then third, memorize it. Now I know scripture memory seems to have kind of gone by the wayside, hasn't it? Well, let me give you two really good reasons that you should memorize scripture. One is, we may get to a day, even in our nation, where we're not going to have copies of scripture. I don't know how they would do that now that it's out on the internet, but that could very well be. There are places in the world where they don't have copies of the scripture. But the second is a lot more practical for me. Here's what it says in Psalm one nineteen eleven: Your word have I hidden or have I stored in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Listen, when we memorize God's word, he uses it in us on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit brings those things to mind. Because if you want to stay close to God, then you need to stay in his word. And when you memorize it, you, he, he just uses it. He brings it to mind. It, it, it's way cool. And, and then you'll be talking with someone, you're like, I didn't, even, I, didn't, I didn't even know where that came from. Because the Holy Spirit's using what you've memorized, what you've stored in your heart that, to give counsel not only for you but also for other people. Memorize it. Now, I know some of you are like, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Be creative in how you memorize it. Memorize it with a group of people. If you're in a Bible study, work on memorizing it together so you can hold each other accountable. Here's what we did with our our kids. Uh, I get to teach the fourth and fifth grade in Kids Club, our our kids. And so to help them memorize it, we came up with some some motions. Are you guys ready? Y'all can laugh. Do I have any of my kids in here? No, I would get them to do it for you, and it would totally freak them out. So... Trust in the Lord with all your heart, because that's what they do for heart these days, and I always have to do the bum, 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 bum. And do not rely, and I do this because the way I learned it was lean, do not rely on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now, I know some of you are going, people are going to laugh at me. Hey, whatever it takes. (laughs) but memorize it, store his word in your heart. Uh, we're doing a, a men's Bible study on Tuesday nights and the memory verses that they have every week, I look and I'm like, that would be a weird memory verse. I mean, that. that. so don't pick weird ones, you know. I know I know. immediately there had to have been three of you that said, I've already got one, Jesus wept. <laughs> got that one down, yeah. Pick ones that are gonna be useful and, and begin to memorize it, store it. And then finally, do it. Put God's word into action in your life. I'm going to read a a verse to you and you guys tell me, uh, see if you can tell me where I messed up in in this verse. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit and teaching them all that I've commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I saw one that caught it right away. Anybody catch where I messed up? What? Teaching them to obey or to observe all that I've commanded you. Listen, he didn't just say, go help them memorize a bunch of rules and regulations. He Teaching them is not telling them, by the way. Teaching is always showing, uh, particularly in Scripture. When you teach someone, you're showing them how to do it. And so Jesus is saying, even in making disciples, what you're doing is you're teaching them how to live the way that I've told you to live. So so when we're talking about God's word, we read it, we study it, dig into it, we memorize it, storing in our hearts. But listen, we just need to learn how to put it into practice. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Love your enemies and pray for them. All right, now that we got that down, let's move on to the next lesson. Because I know some of you are going, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you about this situation that I've got going on. How am I supposed to love them? I can pray for them. <laughs> we, we like the prayers of David at that point. Lord, smite them with boils, you know. <laughs> Let their toes rot and fall off. I'm thinking that's not what Jesus was talking about. But, but. Put it into practice. And, and you know what? Sometimes, sometimes we need some help from other people. Man, I, I'm not quite sure how to do that. <laughs> that. That's why Jesus told us as we make disciples that we should show them, that we should teach them how to do what he's commanded us to do. But we have to put it into practice. My prayer is that that you never find yourself far from God. But if you do, you know the road back is a lot shorter than the road that it took to get there. You know that? Sometimes we think oh, I got to I got to work my way back. Yeah, man, I haven't read my Bible in months. I've skipped church for six weeks and i haven't prayed in a while i'm gonna start doing a quiet time tomorrow and after i do a quiet time for three weeks i'm gonna start going back to church and after i do that then i'm gonna start praying again you know what you've just done when you do that you've forgotten that we're saved by grace through faith so when we get away from god you know how you get back by grace through faith First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. It's a prayer. away. God, I just want to come back. But, but if you want to keep from getting far from God, get into his word. Get into his word. Uh, a, a pastor friend of mine, we were talking about um, when people come for, for counseling, and he said, well, I always ask them this. He said, I've got a list of questions to ask them. Are you praying? Are you reading the Bible? And are you, you hanging out with other people who are following God, which includes going to church? He says, if they say no to any of those, he says, all right, well, you start doing that, and you come back in two weeks. <laughs> are you praying? No, nah, you know, I really I haven't been praying. All right, well, you start praying, you come back in two weeks, and we'll talk. Are you reading the Bible? Man, I well, I haven't really been. All right, well, you start reading the Bible. You come back in two weeks, we'll talk. Are you hanging out with other people who are following God? Well, you know, I, I'm tired. and It was a long week, and, you know, I, Sunday's the only day we have for family or whatever it happens to be. All right, well, you start going to church. You start hanging out with people who are following God. Come back in two weeks and talk. I'm not that bold. I'll just sit there and talk with you and say, well, you know, you really ought to be... Uh, you want to stay close to God, stay in his word. If you ever find yourself far from God, do you remember? You just turn to him in faith, just like, the, just like the way you came to him the first time. What do we do with others who are far from God? That's hard, isn't it? What if your son or your daughter or your grandson or your granddaughter is far from God? I would pray for them. And then I would start finding ways. Lord, show me ways that I can begin to speak your word to them. Now, I don't mean preach at them. I don't mean hit them. This Bible's not big enough to hit anybody upside the head with, anyways. But I don't mean that. But you catch what Moses did. Now, Moses was in a position of authority. But if it's your son, grandson, granddaughter, daughter, you were in a position of authority. God, would you you show me ways that I can speak your word into their life? Not preach at them, but but come alongside them like your Holy Spirit comes alongside us and and encourage them with your word. And you know what? God's word never returns void. Did did you know that? It's not. Sometimes we think, well, what if I don't say it just right? We'll work on that. But it's not how you say it. It's God's word. And even more than that, it's the Holy Spirit that's using his word to work in their hearts. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. First of all, I just thank you that you saved us. It amazes me every time I think about where I was. When you got a hold of me, and God, that's the best way I know to describe it. I wasn't looking for you. When you pursued me, when you sought me out, and, and God, when you began to work in my heart, when, when you, you basically wooed me to you, you, you courted me, you, you loved on me, you, you drew me to yourself. And, and God, it, it blows my mind that you would even care about me i know what i was like then you changed me so god thanks for saving us thanks for loving us like you do god i thank you that you love us too much to let us stay where we are i I thank you that you love us too much to, to let us wander far from you and 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 god that you're the perfect loving heavenly father that lord sometimes you you do what it takes to get our attention but God, I pray that if there's anyone here today that, that through this message has realized that they've gotten away from you, Lord, that you would just draw them back to you by your spirit. Lord, just overwhelm them with your love. And by your grace, bring, bring them back again. God, I pray that you would give us a hunger, a desire for you. And, and Lord, that that, that, would, that would compel us to, to get into your word and, and, and to read it as your story to us, to study it, to, to look and see what it means and, and what it means for us and, and how do we apply that? How do we take action on what it is that you say to us to be obedient? And then, God, I pray that you'd use a word to change us. Make us into the image of Jesus Christ. We know that we can't change our hearts. We can't even change some habits that we have. But, God, we know that through your spirit, using your word, that you can transform us, that you can conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would do that. And if we, there's anyone here who is thinking about a loved one who's gotten away from you, God, would you just work in their hearts? Would you just draw them to you? Lord, as parents, we know sometimes discipline is necessary, so we would just say, God, would you just discipline them to bring them back to you? overwhelm them with your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.